Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Inside the Ring Podcast Network. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And we'll fade it out before we get copyrighted. <laughs> it's game day, baby. It's time to put on your jackets, as Bob McGilligan would say. It is opening night in Columbus, and we are so excited to, to finally have Blue Jackets hockey back and, and rearing its head. Laura, how are you feeling on this, the opening night of the 2023-2024 season? I'm very excited. It has felt both like a really long offseason and also the fastest offseason slash most dramatic offseason we've ever had. Oh my god, you would describe this offseason in any way, shape, or form as fast? A little bit, oh yeah. Oh my god, I think it's been the slowest thing I've ever witnessed. <laughs> Again, we are two individual people and we can feel differently. <laughs> I, it feels like it has been... Also I like, say both the slowest and the fastest. But I also like, it has just like, like thinking about the fact that like, Damon Severson was signed this offseason. That was eight years ago to me. Like his contract actually has already ended. Like he's <laughs> it already is not played, that way for me. He's played that those eight seasons already. It, it's it's not that way for me. Mike Babcock has been and now is no longer the head coach of the Blue Jackets. All in the same offseason. Like that's crazy. Yeah, but that wasn't like a three-year period. That was it three felt months. like three years <laughs> at least. But I'm just excited that it's back. I have felt like everything in life has been hectic and crazy with zero distractions and that is especially true over the last five months ish no even i mean like yeah like longer than five months yeah because we ended like very early april was it late yeah yeah late april so no early april was it mid-april april april okay so we're actually over six months then yeah like how like that felt short anyway um i'm just ready for it to be back i have been feeling very envious of every other team who's been able to play already obviously tuesday and wednesday night games and so the jackets were left on the fringes there but now here we are i also just love that they like i feel they like purposely made the schedule so that the blackhawks would play both of the first two days of the season so annoying so i i have a feeling and we talked about this a little bit too, just, you know, earlier this week, we were um, able to go down and, you know, we were a part of, of a conversation uh, with our friends, like with the artillery and the, you know, the brew jackets and the, the jackets themselves. And we went over to the fanatic sports book um, right there in the arena district, which is like really dope. Check it out. Mm, um, it was really cool. But I, <laughs> what did it, well, Oh my God, I lost my train of thought. Oh, I was like, I'm going to get, sick of this i think that i also was like what what does leo carlson think about everything leo carlson is like hi fuckers i'm number two <laughs> yeah correct <laughs> i mean it's very very clearly you know who uh, everybody perceived to be the second best prospect in this draft that was obviously adam fantilli because <laughs> the nhl is like refusing to and to be fair 
Con- like, and this is like, I'm not trying to be unfair, unkind to Connor Bedard, but if Connor Bedard wasn't the first overall draft pick and wasn't the generational talent that he is, the NHL would in no way, shape, or form be marketing this kid because, like, no offense, <laughs> but he's kind of like he has zero personality. Yeah, he's, and I'm sure he has some, but he's like very reserved on camera. I already said this to you this morning, but the picture that they took of him with his puck from his first goal, he looks like he's being held captive. And again, I think he is to some extent, but I... Like, I don't even think they let him live in, like, an apartment. I think that he's in a box, like, in the cellar of the Blackhawks stadium or arena. Uh, Just a cushioned room with, Mm -hmm. like, minimal resources. Yeah, but Leo Carlson got hosed, and also he's, like, injured now, and... Well, I don't know. The bigger story from Anaheim was the fact that they waited until the very last minute to actually give uh, Zegris a contract. And so. Jamie Drysdale. They were holding out. They were holding out, for sure. And I now I gotta go look, because now I'm curious to see if Leo Carlson is playing. Because I know he was hurt, then he wasn't, then he... I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know that I care, really. I know that sounds harsh, um, but... But he'll always have it that he was the second pick. (laughs) No one else cares about him. Nobody can take that from him. When do they fucking play? Do do they ever? Never. Anaheim's just never playing. I mean, it's kind of reading that way right now. Are they one of the teams that don't start until next week? Um... Perhaps. But are there like 16 teams playing on like Saturday? 14 games. There are 14 games, so 28 teams. So they're one of the four that aren't playing on Saturday? No, they Saturday. are actually playing on Saturday. Okay. They're playing the Ducks. Let's see. Who, who? They are the Ducks. Who's... Sorry. They're playing, <laughs> they're playing the Knights. Um, He's not listed. Oh, yeah, he is. He'll play. <laughs> so funny to me. Like, it's such a middle finger to him. So anyway, yes. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, obviously, big hype coming into today. There's a lot of other things that we could talk about first, maybe before we get into what the season holds and and just kind of like the general, like getting excited for what's to come. But obviously, some some news and notes, uh, just in terms of like player signing and some different off ice things and some coaching things, all in the eleventh hour of the of the off season and of the preseason. Which uh, let's start with maybe I think. Is the sadder thing? It's bittersweet, I think. Um, and it's that Jeff Rimmer announced that this will be his last season as a Blue Jackets play-by-play analyst for Valley Sports Ohio. And obviously, you know, decades of coverage for, of the Blue Jackets as a play-by-play announcer. I believe he started his career in 2004 uh, in Columbus, I should say. Definitely started his career well before then. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, obviously that one is one that I think obviously, like, I don't know that it will come as a surprise to very many people, but I think, uh, you know, just it, it is a thing that is is bittersweet. Like it's Jeff Rimmer has been the voice of the Columbus Blue Jackets for pretty much the entirety of, of its existence, right? Obviously, you know, say what you want about the first few seasons of the franchise, but, you know, he comes in and he, he's been the, the voice of the Jackets for 20 years and they'll have a new voice at the end of this season. But Good for him. I'm happy that he's able to like actually retire, have like kind of like a swan song of a year, which I think is fun. Yeah. I mean, I hope it's a good season uh, for not only just the team, but for, for Jeff so that he can make some of those memorable um, calls. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think Mike Todd said it best that we hope that his last season with us doesn't end until late June. Um, But, you know, we're, we're going to, 
be marginally. We'll say May. May would be nice. You know, and April could be fun too. Um, <laughs> I'm more optimistic. <laughs> but no, I mean, Jeff has been, and he's just such a wonderful person. And he's truly one of the best in the business. He knows so many people. Um, and he said in, in the letter to, to everyone, you know, when he wraps up his career, that he will have been part of um, hockey in some way, shape, or form for the last six decades, yeah. which is incredible. It's insane. Um, I feel very happy for his wife um, because based on his career, they have not actually spent a whole lot of time together in their 48 years of marriage. <laughs> um, and he admits that fully. Um, they're going to get to know each other. <laughs> yeah, so it's they're going to get to know each other. He's going to get to spend a lot of time with his uh, two kids and his three grandchildren. Um, and he deserves it. He's worked hard. He's built himself an incredible career and he'll always be welcome back, um, at nationwide and in Columbus, but we want him to get to, you know, fully enjoy his, his life. And it'll be interesting to see, um, who, if, you know, who moves around or who they bring in and yeah. stuff and, you know, it'll be interesting. I'll make you speculate on that here in a few minutes, but promise. Who's gonna replace yeah, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Think on it for a second. But I would I will say the funniest part about Rims and like this whole thing is like <laughs> the letter was great. Yes. It was the most rimmer thing ever, though, for it to be 17 pages long. Like that made so much sense to me. He had <laughs> like, to go over every month of his thing, career. Each thing. <laughs> yeah, it really did feel that way. And I love that about him though. Like, I mean, like he leans into it. I don't think he's like, I think people think that he like is unaware or like whatever have you. And so he just like no he, knows. no, he knows, I think. And I think he leans into it and plays into it as much as he possibly can. But he wanted to make sure that he gave every important situation and person in his life their, you know, due appreciation. Yeah, thank you to the raindrop that fell on my windshield at approximately this time, this day, that made me think about going to this thing at this time, at this day. <laughs> it, was, it was good, though. I mean, it was... Obviously, an emotional, bittersweet letter. Uh, you know, of appreciation. So, just FYI, if you ever want Jeremy to thank you for anything, he's just gonna go. I did a head nod for the visual component. Um, yeah, he's that's all you're gonna get. I'm a pretty no. I'm like pretty gracious with my appreciation and praise. I don't like it to me, but I'm good with giving it to people. I'm actually like fairly good at that. I'm almost over good at it. People tell me at work that I like overpraise them and they don't know why I'm doing that because they're just doing their job. That's nice. Yeah. Do you need more praise? I'm getting the sense that you feel like you need more praise. <laughs> You're really great at what you do, Laura. Thanks. You're welcome. I feel sarcasm I'm a, in this. No. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sincere. This is mm -hmm. sincere. But, um, but no. So it'll be interesting. I, I have no idea... Like Bob McGowan get to the to the TV booth, and then probably Dylan Tire finds his way into I, you know, and this is where I'm like not being fair, or kind. I have not heard Dylan Tire actually like do like play by play broadcasting because like when we were in Traverse, like we were at the game. Like oh, I've never, yeah, we didn't hear him. So, but I'm sure he's great. He's I'm got sure the he's voice done for it, it obviously. Before, so yeah. I don't think you can go to college for anything like that and not end up having to call like some like shitty like high school football game or something like do you know what I mean? So I'm sure he's got the skill. Well, I'm sure he'd love to like be on the mic all the time and not have to unmute himself like whenever <laughs> he has to do his throw something in there. Part of well, I've always thought it's interesting. Like I've always and maybe it's just because of the role that he has 
in terms of like having to get some stuff ready or prepped or whatever have you during the actual game itself. Like I've always been kind of surprised that they haven't just thrown him on color for Bobby Mack and the radio booth, but nevertheless, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Also they played out and maybe this is part of that. Like they're playing out Jean-Luc Grandpierre this preseason um, on calls with Bobby Mack. And then Jody came back into the booth for the color for the last couple of games, but like still could be interesting. I, do, I don't hate the combination of Jody and Bob. I think that there would be some nice, like, ribbing between the two of them. Oh, 100%. Um, it would almost probably get annoying at times. <laughs> it would kind of remind, like, we've talked about it before, how we really don't think that Brian Giesenschlag and Jean-Luc Grandpierre have any kind of adoration for each other. Yeah, they're not um, friends. <laughs> you can't tell me that they are. They are <laughs> they not. They are. They've got a weird way of showing it. They are not friends. Um, they do not hang out ever, like the second that the cameras turn off, like one of them immediately walks away. Like they kind of like what we do. Yeah. Of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like the camera ends. It's by the way, the person that always walks away is Jeremy. Yeah. Because I have in this, in this podcast alone learned that I'm a bad friend, but (laughs) um, (laughs) anywho. So that's some news there. Obviously with Rimmer, we wish him the best. And then Justin Danforth question mark contract yeah, extension. I'm so excited. For I'm him. happy for him. I just it's not on the list of extensions that I need them to start working on. That's true. It wasn't there. Like it was not on my list. <laughs> That's so exciting. We get him for another whole season. And I really like that they're leading him to him. I'm never gonna not love his story, and I'm never gonna not root for Justin Danforth. So I'm pumped for him. No, it's exciting. I do there's a part of me that wonders like why the urgency to do it before the season started like just in the sense of like i think you could have made that signing at any point was it urgency or was he just like hey i'd like to get this done it could be i guess it's more so like without like giving him the chance to like make sure that like seeing that he's fully rehabilitated his shoulder and all that kind of stuff playing a couple of games like just like kind of letting the season come to him a little bit like that's when i would have done it personally just to make sure that we weren't like but he might also be because of his situation and because of how fortunate he feels to be given the opportunity to play in the NHL that like yeah. he wouldn't want to go into a season with that amount of uncertainty. Cause Oh, from the player side of thing, absolutely. I'm talking the blue jacket side though. No, but I mean they I mean they could have, you know, appreciated his loyalty and Yarmo could have been like, Yeah, absolutely, like let me talk to your, you know, your mm-hmm. agent and let's just get it done and yeah. we're fine to do that because you're showing you know, you're showing your worth and you're showing your loyalty to the organization. And yeah, let's just like, cause it's easy. Like that's an easy 1.1 million, like mm-hmm. super easy. Well, I don't think he was probably doing a lot of negotiating. Probably like, not, no. cause he'll what? He'll be 32. I think he's 29 right now. Oh, so he'll be 31 at the end of. That's that of the extension of the yeah. extension. So like, pretty decently into his career like mm-hmm. so you know still, it'll be good yeah and still only i just think yarmo saw you know what i need a win today let's get this done <laughs> i guess yeah no i guess you might be right i yeah I, it'll be interesting to see how he develops into this roster i think especially like with with some potential players who are developing and will be needing time and space and all of that kind of stuff like to me, I think Justin Danforth tends to be a little bit of a of a third line, fourth line kind of guy, which is good and great. Probably a third line scoring forward if I had to like actually put him into like a role, especially on this team. But I think that like there's a gluttony of those folks right now. 
and I think what we've learned is that like he's cemented himself to be among the top of that conversation. But I think I think of just like the players like Jordan Dumay, who will eventually command some of that space and time. And granted, he could be in the AHL next year, so there's no guaranteeing that. But um, even like somebody like Igor Chinnikov probably fits in that mold a little bit. So I think it's also just me thinking through like, okay, so next year when this roster is taking shape, could he be somebody that could potentially like be put on waivers? But again, 1.1 million, even if it's a one-way deal, is not that bad. Yeah, I mean, I think think for him, like, he's like, I'll get paid the same amount of money regardless of where I play. And like, from a business point of view, like his contract is one that I think, I don't think this year, but like next year when it's getting to the end of it, and if it comes down to the trade deadline, yeah. it, he would be an easy one that I think people, because he has the skill level as long as he stays healthy. Mm-hmm. And he has the like grit that like a playoff, you know, seeking team would want, I would think. He'd be more of like a depth ad, I think. Yeah. yeah. So it would be an easy contract to offload. Which around so, that time, especially, is probably when you're trying to do that anyway. And again, this goes back to that conversation that we've had before of like, who is currently on this team that like probably won't be on this team when this team is competitive in the way that we know they will be in the the next few years. And he's probably unfortunately on that list for me, but like, it doesn't mean you don't need him now. Right. Like, and and he's going to be good. I'm excited to see him play. Um, I think he was skating with Fantilli. Right. Am I I right in saying that? They've tested it out during practice and stuff. Yeah. so. So it's been, um, I don't know. It's been interesting to see how he's moved around a little bit. We'll see where he ends up skating tonight, just in the opening night lineup. But obviously things are going to shift around uh, in in those lines here in the first few weeks of the season. My favorite game. And I actually think you might mean it this year. Blue Jackets Boggle. Yeah, you sarcastically usually say it. Like, you usually hate it. Yeah, normally I think this year you might actually, like, kind of enjoy it. Well, because I think um, Coach Vincent's going to do – he's going to be more open and less like I think he's going to be more open trying it out like at the start of a game like having new lineups at the start of a game and less likely to be like hey I'm gonna throw this around in the middle of it yeah like you don't know if he's gonna like put things in the blender yeah I think he's gonna think more about it like pre like before the games and like really contemplate what's been working and i i just think he's going to be more deliberate yeah. with and not just be like everyone wants me to put you know line a and johnny on the first line and all this sort of stuff like i don't think he's going to be like special with people if that makes sense i think there's probably some truth to that i'm excited to see uh, i know they moved marchenko off of that first line in practice and i for the life of me can't remember who they put up there with Patrick and Johnny. Johnny. Um, We're really good at covering I hockey. Can't remember. Yeah, I can't either. But I, I'm a little bummed by that, to be honest with you. But we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. That we're not. No, that Marchenko got bumped off of the first line. Oh, okay. No, yeah. I was like, that we have a nine to five job and I can't watch. Yeah, I'm actually super bummed about the fact that we uh, practice reports every single moment of the day. <laughs> I, I mean, hey, listen, some days are better than others for that for us. Uh, but recently for me at least very much not i'm like they play hockey that's where i'm at i'm like columbus blue jackets is that it is that right blue jackets Mm -hmm. and that's where i'm at uh so also some coaching news so the jackets uh ended up moving joseph bimidian who had been the director of 
amateur scouting. Yes. Um, down to the bench to be an assistant coach, which I think is interesting just in the sense of like the, the difference in role there, like in terms of scouting versus coaching. It's just a fascinating move, I think, in some ways. Obviously, the Jackets have a uh, a lot of <laughs> assistant coaches at this point. Um, when when you consider um, Recky, Re- Re- Mark Reck, I think it's Rucci. I don't see to me double C, or no Recky. I is think it it's Rucci. Interesting. It is what it is. It's whatever it is. And if we're wrong, we're wrong. But you know who we're talking about. Um, and then obviously you've got. Jared Bowl, mm-hmm. and we've got Steve McCarthy. Steve McCarthy, who sounds like a politician to me. Yeah. Like Kevin McCarthy's brother. Yeah. Not a fan. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, and he, I believe, was in Cleveland, right? And mm-hmm. then he got moved up to Columbus and obviously has, has stuck there. So we'll see who's on the benches, I guess. Uh, but yeah, Joseph Bumidian added to that lo- that. Uh, lineup of assistant coaches and then also I believe the both Jared Bowl and then um, Steve McCarthy both got extensions to, to match the contract of Pascal Vincent because everybody else um, and Margaret Ricci um, was uh, everybody else was um, in their last year of their contract the yes. same way that Vincent was when he was an associate head coach so now that he is the head coach, two-year deals for everybody. So if in two years we're garbage, everyone's getting wiped out. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, 100%. It's the goal is to make sure that the like, next guy can come in and build a staff. Like, truly, they will completely jump ship. <laughs> yeah, no, like, without a doubt they will. But, Laura, we're getting into the damn thing. Yeah. It is time to talk Blue Jackets hockey. And we're not talking Blue Jackets hockey like some shitty little preseason game or anything like that. We are talking about the real fucking deal. We are talking about the Columbus Blue Jackets are taking the ice here. And just as we're recording, we're doing this a little different. We usually record Wednesday night into Thursday, but it's Thursday morning. Uh, we just wanted to take control of the energy of opening night and really make that come through come through your ear holes this morning. Mm-hmm. But uh, just about seven and a half, eight and a half hours before we're in the arena and getting ready to see the Blue Jackets take on the Philadelphia Flyers and uh, just absolutely kick the dick in of Cam Atkinson and John Tortorella. Fuck those guys today and today only. Actually, maybe fuck John Tortorella on other days too. But Yeah, I told Jeremy I wouldn't outwardly cheer if Cam scored. <laughs> we were just on the phone and I was ordering breakfast at a drive through <laughs> And I had muted myself to not like have Laura hear the entire order in her ear because like that felt annoying. But all I hear as I'm literally, I go, can I get a number seven combo? I just hear Cameron. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So, okay. In my, in my defense, I had just woken up. And so I was still very sleepy. And I forgot that when someone mutes you, mutes themselves, that they can still hear you. So funny. And I was just like reading something and I was like, Cameron. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> so in case anyone's curious, Laura, still not over that. Uh, I will never be over it. <laughs> so that's fair. That is fair. Every day that he's not in a blue jacket sweater or not retired, I will not be over it <laughs> noted i think that even even if he were to come back i think you would still not be over it well no because i would celebrate every day that he was back in yeah, a blue jacket sweater that's true i don't know if it will happen but um 
nevertheless, if he just comes, he's gonna come back regardless to the city, and that's the important part for me. Um, that yeah, yeah, because I mean, he's got a whole house, right? Because a whole hockey academy. Well, that part too. That part too. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, who was living in his house for a minute? Oh, um, or did somebody buy his old house? No, he, he sold it, and then three months later, he bought, bought it back. back. But it was somebody living in it. No, I think they were using it as I a... I feel like somebody was living in it when they got traded. Or like when like... No, Johnny Gaudreau lives in Oliver Bjorkstrand's house. Ah, oh, that might be what I'm thinking of. But no, they... The people that bought Cam's house was using it as like a rental property. Which also pop quiz. And mm-hmm. I have to give a shout out to, because I was listening to it on the way here, mm-hmm. the artillery, because they said it and I was like, surely you're wrong. I thought I was tripping balls. And then I looked at them like, holy shit. No, they're right. Who's on the front of Nationwide Arena? Um, Sean Corrales. That's Johnny Gaudreau. No, it is. It not. sure the fuck is. Yeah, I'm gonna pull it up right now. Um, it sure the fuck is. It just lo- they look identical. There is no way that that's because, not Sean Corrales. No, it's because they used the bearded picture of Johnny Gaudreau mid shot. See, look, I got it pulled up. N- Wow, can you scroll over to his number? There isn't one. That's deceiving as fuck. Isn't that awful? So wait, and then that's... Damon Severson, yeah. Zach Orensky, Boone Jenner. That's Johnny Goudreau. Isn't that insane? I think they did it because it could be either one. So that's exactly what the artillery <laughs> said, too. They were like, do you think somebody that said, oh, it looks like Sean Crowley, and they are like, yeah, we got to run with this, so that way it's ambiguous. Do you think that they did that because it, they hadn't announced that Crowley was going to be in a... Maybe, well, I don't know. We haven't know. talked about that yet, but like... Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Spoiler. <laughs> I think they know. <laughs> um, I think they know at this point. But, oh, my God, I could have... I would have bet my life on the fact no, that that's 100%. Because I had to do I had to do a bad thing when I was driving and look at that. <laughs> because I was like, no. <laughs> and wow. Yes. No, that was insane to me. Because I actually thought it was kind of fucked up that he wasn't on the front or back. Because the back is Elvis and Patrick. Yes. And I was like, that's weird. Because I also thought it was Sean Crowley. Huh. Today years old. I, I want to... Thank you so much for saying him first, though. That was so good. Like, that did everything I needed it to and more. Yeah, no. From the moment <laughs> we saw it, I was like, oh, look at Sean getting, like, like a nice forward-facing well, moment. Like front and fucking center, which I will say... Well, but now better. I'm mad because... Well, we'll just say it right now. So, obviously, Boone Jenner is the captain, but yesterday they announced who would be his alternate captains, and... As expected, Zach Kerensky is returning as an alternate captain. And then announced for home games will be Sean Corrale. And then for away games, which I thought this was kind of out of the blue, but, like, we're going to run with it, Eric Gabranson will wear an A. Anyway, but now I'm kind of pissed that Sean's not on the windows. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I, yeah, I think I almost wonder if it's, like, I... It's just going to be interesting how they navigate some of the breakups of the hometown boys. Because, like, Jack Rosovic will not be a Blue Jacket after this season. But I think <laughs> – does Corrales have does Curls have two more years on his contract? Or is this his last year, too? No, I think he has two more years. So, I mean, like, even at that point, like, question marks about, like, from a necessity standpoint, mm-hmm. not from, like, a 
different it's different than jack where it's like he's just not doing what he needs to we don't need him anymore right so i wonder if they're like trying to figure out how they're gonna do that slowly <laughs> how do we i like, mean maybe no i sean crowley's gonna be a blue jacket for as long as he wants to be i think yeah but, well maybe they'll do something large and in, inside in the, arena. the arena maybe yeah no i thought that was too funny though i was like oh shit <laughs> yeah i could have honestly would have bet my i would have bet my life in fanatics the restaurant bar and been like that is fucking sean corrali <laughs> no yeah no for sure i um what's fucking sean anyway um <laughs> so uh oh gosh where were we we were talking about johnny goudreau and then i was and then but I yes congratulations to sean corrali and erica branson um, oh yes being put up to alternate captains and i think that like a lot of people put a lot of weight into that and i think that it matters to the players to some extent but i also think like people read a little bit too much into it to some extent i think that like i'm not entirely shocked by erica branson because he is really good in the locker room well, and he's I don't... also he reminds me a lot of nick felino nick felino was obviously a better player but yeah, his attitude and his dad energy is very similar to Nick Foligno. And I think that he's very good in the locker room. And I think he's very good with like the younger players. So Mm -hmm. I totally get it. And I also told someone on our Twitter made a good point, like taking some of the pressure off of Johnny and Patrick right now, when they're trying to like get their groove. Well, and that's even more so what I meant when I said like people reading too much into it, like less about Eric and Branson, more about the players who don't have one. Like that's where I think people read too much into it. I think about, some of the, I mean, obviously, like a situation like what happened to like Brandon Dubinsky, where like you had been an A for years and then have it stripped. Like that is a different scenario than people keep talking about Johnny Goudreau had an A last year. Like, yeah, because everybody was hurt. Yeah, he had to. Like, there wasn't any. Who else was playing yeah. that many games? Like, nobody. So, like, it was just kind of like a matter of like what needed to happen. I think it's the same thing about like everybody being upset about. And I guess we can can shift here too because we haven't really, I guess, talked about the twenty three man roster. Like. We were, I'm going to, listen, I'm pissed off because I was right. Because let's tell, let's tell the truth. If Matthew Olivier wasn't on IR, he would have made the team and Liam Foody would not have. Correct. So per injury, I got fucked, but close enough. But everybody, obviously Nick Blankenberg, I think you even made allusion to it. Like you really thought Nick was going to be in the AHL until he wore an A during that preseason game. And so like that being part of the, Again, like, I think people are, like, reading into it and, like, making assumptions. But obviously Nick Blingenberg in Cleveland, right? Yeah. Um, and also, just a small shout-out to everyone bitching about Nick Blingenberg being in the AHL. It is not a punishment to be in the AHL. Nick is going to get uh, so much meaningful hockey minutes on the ice that when he does come back to Columbus, you're going to be able to see that opportunity like formulate on the ice well and here's the thing though too right he's also gonna kill it in cleveland and they're gonna love him yeah he's gonna be really popular in cleveland i he's not a top six defenseman on this team right now like and that sucks realistically speaking he's probably ninth on the depth chart and that's like not me trying to be an asshole like that is just matter of fact right because obviously you've got seven seven guys who are playing in the league right Zach Wierenski, Ivan Provorov, Damon Severson. I have to go fast because if I don't go fast, I'm going to fuck it up. And I already fucked it up because I didn't do that. Andrew Peak, Jake Bean, Adam Boquist, and Erica Branson. Yes. Fuck it up. Hell yeah, I'm that bitch. So you've got those seven. Yeah. And just by proxy, him not making the team, those seven are ahead of him, right? David Juracek is ahead of him. 
I mean, like, I don't know that I think that they're necessarily better, but I think when you think about like long-term prospects, like I probably put Stanislaus Fotzel ahead of him. I probably put Corson Kulinens ahead of him, even to some extent, right? So like, he's probably like nine to 11 on the depth chart for defensemen in Columbus. And like, you know what you get if you're ninth to 11th on an NHL roster for their blue line depth? A lot of fucking money. Like he's going to be fine. Mm. Like he's, he's going to be fine. He's going to play meaningful minutes in Cleveland. And again, nothing wrong with that. But he's definitely a top six for Cleveland. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he, like, he's going to be so popular. He's going to be in the top four. I bet that top four down there is going to be Corson Kuhlman, Stanislaus Fotzel, David Juracek, and Nick Blankenberg. Yeah, and he's literally going to be so popular because he looks like a child. And he has the personality of a golden retriever. Yeah, he's a good dude. So, like, he, like, they're going to just melt over him and i don't think cleveland's named captains but i know we were kind of talking about that too like he's not i don't think he'll be the captain but like he's no. somebody who could wear a letter absolutely I, I can see that without a doubt he's a captain at michigan i mean like yeah that's the kind of guy he is i think it, i think it's absolutely possible and i think if he ends up being somebody who ends up being a career ahl nhl fringe guy like he probably could be a Lots captain of in people the make really wonderful careers i think about that. like players like zach dalby Oh, I love Zach Dalby. Like, he he played a majority of his career, I believe I'm not speaking out of my ass when I say, like, in the AHL. Mm -hmm. But obviously, in pivotal moments for both Columbus and Florida, played up in the NHL. Like, I think he was playing – did he play some games in this playoff mm -hmm. recently for Florida? For Florida? Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's the kind of career that I see somebody like Nick Blankenberg having. And that's awesome. <laughs> like, that's so – as an undrafted free agent and the, for the Blue Jackets to be the ones that took the chance on him, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so obviously that kind of spoils that that's your defense. That's your seven defensemen. Um, oh God, <laughs> we have nothing in front of us. We have no notes. We have no nothing. Um, I could pull it up, but I'm not, I'm we're not going to, this is it. a fun game. This is a fun game. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. oh, fuck. Okay. I'm trying like, I can't think of the best way to do this. Okay. So there will be 14 mm -hmm. and we're not going to include the injuries. Correct. Fuck. Okay. Um, so you've got. That guy, Boone Jenner? <laughs> um, Boone Jenner, Patrick Laine, um <laughs> I'm already fucking up. Johnny Goudreau, Adam Fantilli, um, Cole Cylinder, Liam Foodie. Have I already said Sean Corrale? No. Sean Corrale. Um, who is screaming at their, at their fucking radios right now as, as we're listening to this? I'm forgetting who I fucking said. Um, K.M. Karel Marchenko, thank you so much. Kent Johnson. Um, did I already say Liam Foodie? Yes. Why? <laughs> oh, Emil Bemstrom. Um, there's still four more of these bitches. Yeah. Eric Robinson. I'm forgetting somebody good. Jack Roslevic. That wasn't the person I was thinking of. Um, oh, my God. Now I'm, like, running through in my head. A-T. No, stop talking. A-T. Oh. I'll walk off of the show right now. You probably should. Alexander Texier. Um, <laughs> in my defense, he's back again. Like I, Yes, but you've been a texting for years. I fucking know it. Okay. Oh my God, who the fuck is the 14th one? Is he going to play tonight or is he going to be scrapped? Just talk about it. Oh Jesus, Justin Danforth. Yes. <laughs> All right, that's your 14 forwards. 
brought to you by me. That was fun for me. Yeah, did you enjoy that? Mm-hmm. I just like my ADHD. What we also talked about on my way down here is that I am not on my ADHD medication either. So I don't think that that helped me with that exercise. But yeah, so if we meet you for the first time at either tonight or Saturday's game and Jeremy doesn't remember your name after the first five seconds, please do not be offended. Yeah, you cannot take that personally in, in no way, shape, or form. Um, but so those are those are the folks who are going to play also in Elvis Merzlikens and Spencer Martin. I got those two. Give me two and I've got high five. High five. Um, yeah, I got those two on lock. Me too. They I, were my goaltenders as well. I uh, hope that they both also keep it on lock. I'm gonna need you to be positive. I'm positively horrified, but it'll be okay. It will be better than last year. I fully believe in positive energy, and so I'm gonna need people to just rally and be supportive of both of them. Yeah. Because one is struggling and one is new, so they need us. <laughs> yeah, and also like the one who's new, like also like statistically not good. So like really like we're killing it in goal. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be amazing, um, in theory. <laughs> but okay, so what we're gonna do while Laura gets over her anger at my like slight Elvis Mercy and shade. Oh, is... should we tell them what my fantasy hockey name is? I mean, they they know. They don't know it, but they know it. My fantasy hockey name is The Elvis Apologist. And I also need everybody to hear this. She has three goaltenders because she doesn't trust that Elvis is going to be good. So if, I, if we're talking about positive energy, bitch, drop a goalie right now. No. Take your phone, drop a goalie. No. Negative energy. Fuck you. Negative you're, energy. You're negative energy. <laughs> Two things can be true at once. <laughs> I am not negative energy. I have full faith in him. And uh, Jonas Corposalo. And who's the third one that you have they're all not good like they're all like relatively bad i'll <laughs> like ish also i got to draft first in our fantasy lo- lottery and i or fantasy league i was very excited about that because i never get to be first in anything well except for the year that you were first in our fantasy league yeah that was a um you're not allowed fluke. to call it a fluke because you beat me, bitch. Like, you're not, it's not a fluke. Yeah, but I didn't win last year. That's true. Breaking news winning back to back championships is hard in anything, including fantasy hockey, apparently. Um, Jeremy Swayman from Boston. Guy's named Jeremy, am I right? But the worst. I've always said that. But so, yes, Laura did draft first. Laura. Picked Connor McDavid, which was the spoiler that nobody needed spoiled for them. Also, Jeremy tried to pay me money so that I would let yeah. him pick Connor McDavid. Yeah, for sure did. I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of owning that. The original offer was $100 and you seemed somewhat tempted. Because I'm poor. <laughs> but 50 was not good enough. So I have Leon Dreisaitl instead. But... Which I think is equally a fine pick. Well, and also, you know, in that quiz, Connor McDavid is my hockey best friend. So. That is true. That is true. I didn't pick mine, though, because I didn't want to hear it from you. Um, but we should probably before we could talk a little bit about our fantasy teams. I think that could be fun. But let's actually talk about the real deal hockey that's taking place tonight and over the course of this season. Uh, we're going to have some fun here. We're going to do some predictions, some projections, all of that kind of stuff. And so, Laura, I cannot wait to get all of this wrong with you. I know. I'm excited. It's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. I think there are a couple that we might be good on, but like one injury ruins everything. Yeah. Because 
So it's very much a princess in the pea scenario. Yeah, it sure is. And like one little nugget fucks the whole thing up. I've always said that. <laughs> and I have always said that. But so let's let's keep it simple to start. Okay. Who do you think is going to be the top point getter for the Blue Jackets this season? Johnny Goudreau. Yeah. Sign sealed delivered. He's mm. ours. Again, though. He gets hurt and we're fucked. Like that's where I'm like, this predictions episode is gonna be like, I can't wait to clip all of this and like. But see, like I really feel like that Johnny has like a secret routine that he does because the mere fact that he made it through all of last year, only missing two games, which broke his streak too. He was the third longest in the NHL at the mm-hmm. time. And I, I truly feel like he has calcium that they just do through an IV, like. You know, while he's working out, like they just inject calcium into his bones. Well, he plays a style of hockey too that I think like limits him from being put in positions to like get seriously injured. Yeah. Like he's hard to get off of a puck. He's small. So yeah. like he can like avoid things. Like he's fat. Like I don't he's know. Sneaky. He, yeah. He, he's, he plays a style of hockey that prevents him from getting any sort of major injury, which is nice. Knock on wood. Jesus H. Um, but yeah, I think Johnny will remain the highest the leading point person okay how about goal scorer i which would i would not have said this two years ago yeah patrick liner i agree yeah i think he's like he's 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 got he's riled up what's his energy yeah his quote about like i'm not like here to blow smoke up anybody's ass like or whatever have you like I, I wanted to be a center in the NHL because I think I'm just as good as fucking <laughs> sitting I'm like, talk your shit. <laughs> talk there's, your shit. There's something getting debuted tonight at the home opener on the blue carpet that I think is being injected into his veins. Because he's got he's got a certain sort of energy if Jeremy's catching my drift. Woo! Anyway, <laughs> um <laughs> sorry everybody's ears. Um Anywho, so yeah, I'm with you though. Patrick Line, top goal scorer. Um, how about top assist? And I feel like this is kind of like we're double dipping here because like I think it's hard to be one without the other. Like I think that one of the two that you just talked about is going to be the person who and it can't be Patrick because if it's Patrick, then technically he would have the most points. <laughs> yes. So Johnny for assists. most assists. Yeah. I think second though. Who do you think is gonna be second? Adam Fantilli. Crow Marching. <laughs> I don't think I think Kirill was fine to be to give up assists in the Could preseason. But he's not gonna be anyone's and I hate not that anyone that gives assists is a bitch boy, but like I feel <laughs> I feel like that's how Kirill feels about it, and he's not gonna be anyone's bitch boy. He is scoring his own goals. You hear that, Johnny? <laughs> bitch boy. Per Laura Norman. Um, no, I that's too funny. Yeah, no, I Johnny Gaudreau. And I mean like Adam Pantelli is a safe play there at second. I think Boone Jenner could have depending depending on where he's playing and depending on where like uh, it'll be interesting to see where he's on the power play because i think that that's going to drive a lot of things i think the jackets could have a really good power play and i think that could pad a lot of guys stats well and that's why they brought in coach ricci because he has always been really good with power play setup and well and just the people that they have like the personnel now is just so much better um, and I'm also, and I said this, and he never acknowledged it, but I Hello. said to Jeremy, remember, in a text remember, message I'm a bad friend. 
that I'm really excited for this year because I feel like a lot of pressure is going to be taken off Boone and he can like, he can remember what it's like to play fun hockey and be a leader at the same time and not feel like the entire team is like riding on his ability to win a faceoff. Like, so I'm excited about that for him potentially. I think that it still does. <laughs> what was Patrick Line's faceoff? It was like 13 of 40 something. Like he was shit in the faceoff circle. Like Boone Jenner's still gonna be put in those situations. But yeah, but he's not gonna feel like always kind of been him and Boone have always been the two most consistent and that's why you see I think like he's on the penalty kill right like yeah. he's the guys you're if using Columbus had its own brand of cereal both of them would be on the box <laughs> <laughs> truly they are the Wheaties of Columbus you're hilarious um uh, okay so Actually, do they make Wheaties anymore unclear um <laughs> unclear so then let's move on to who do you think is going to be the most improved Blue Jacket? I will say that you cannot say Alexander Texier. Like, that he's, like, out of it. Because I feel it's like he will obviously be the most improved since his last time being on the ice. But also, like, that doesn't feel like a fair play. Um, I'm going to go Matthew Olivier. I... This feels like the easy play, and I think that you're not taking it out of spite. I'm not saying either one of them. Don't even know who the other one is that you think I'm talking about, but I was going to say Emil Bemstrom. Is Liam Foodie the other one? Who's yes. the, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, who's the other one that we're feeling, that kind well, of feeling about? Jack Rosselvick, but I... I mean, if he's if he's improved from 40 plus points, then people are going to be really pissed at the end of this year when they keep him. Um, but yeah, no, I think Emil Bemstrom, uh, as long as he keeps doing what he's been doing in the preseason and he shows up in the regular season. See, here's why question, sincere question. Why am I not allowed to have negative energy about Elvis Merzlikens, but you're allowed to have negative energy about Emil Bemstrom? I am not talking about Emil Bemstrom for the reason of, I don't want to put the negative energy out into the universe. Interesting. I think that you do, though. <laughs> I think that you have talked about Emil Benstrom in a negative way before. Um, maybe not today, but... Yeah, not today. Yeah. But you did talk negatively about Elvis today. Sure did. So Sure did. I want him to prove me wrong every step of the way. Um, that's what I was actually saying to somebody the other day. I was like, I, I think people would be genuinely pissed if some of these players like figured it out. And Emil Bemstrom is one of them. And I'm like, that is nothing but a good thing. And I think everybody would be well, upset about it. I wouldn't. But I would always feel until it was like proven in my eyes that the other shoe was going to drop at some point. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. So we got through the most improved. Who do you think? Oh, you're going to not Oh, like... actually, can I change mine? Sure. Cole Sillinger. Gotta be better. Has to be better. I mean, I love, I think Matthew Olivier will improve too, but my, I really want to root for Cole. Has to be better. Yeah. No, I mean, he's, he's going to be better. Like you can't have a harder third year than a second year, but yeah, I mean, obviously we know that it's there with him, right? Like, it's not like not breaking news to anybody that this guy could play, mm. you know, play on the wings a little bit this year, I think, which will be good for him, but. Which also take pressure off of him too and allow him to like, 
improve and focus on certain areas that he struggles in and have fun too Mm -hmm. like i mean like last year had to be really hard for him um and i'm not i'm not trying to be greedy but i'd like to see him do well this year yeah oh you did it went over your head ew that's the tate mccray song That's bringing negative energy. I don't think so. Into Cole's life. I don't think. I think Cole brought that energy into his own mm-hmm. life. I cannot take any ownership for Tate McRae and his relationship. Um, okay. So uh, this is going to be a negative energy question. You're going to tell me to skip it. What is it? Who's going to have the biggest decline this year? That is negative energy. I know. I don't even actually know who I'd answer. I don't. Jack Roslovic is who I was going to say. Because, I mean, like, he, like, like I said, 40-plus points last year. Feels everyone but Morgan being against him. I'm also pro him. Like, we've like we've kind of, like, a little I know this. Because Megan Reese and I fully believe that you are the Jack Roslovic apologist. I think I'm up there. I still don't think he's great. But I don't think that he's as bad as everybody says he is. It's like a, it's like two things, right? Again, we're back to like the two things can be true at once. Yeah. Um, okay. We're gonna make shirts, by the way. Two things can be true. At once. Um, <laughs> well, no, of Elvis apologists and Jack Rosalvik apologists. It there's a less, there's like a greater than zero percent chance that neither one of them will be Blue Jays after this season if they both don't figure it the fuck out. So like, that would be a short lived shirt, but I would still wear it. We already had one of those. It was short lived. Oh, Laura's bar, baby. <laughs> On the ground, apparently, is what we learned. Yes. The thing that we once thought was a speakeasy was just a fucking greasy spoon. Anyway, um, let's talk whole team performance, okay? So, Oh, are we not going to do penalty minutes? Oh, we can absolutely do penalty minutes. That's totally fine. Yeah. Oh. Well, the hard part is, is like Matthew Olivier feels like an easy get there, but if he's hurt and if he's like... Yeah, because he's week to week. He's not day to day. Well, and he's also like, I, I genuinely think like, depending on how people's seasons start, like he could find himself being like on the outside looking into the NHL. Like true. And if that's the case, it's going to affect how many penalty minutes he can get. Right. Like, but also if you base it off of preseason performance, I think Damon Severson is going to be up there in penalty minutes. I agree. Cause he <laughs> took a lot of fucking penalties in the preseason. Well, and if he ends up getting on, if he ends up in Columbus at any point, Dmitry Voronkov took like oh, 700 penalties like, in Traverse. Superson is in Columbus. No, 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 no. He took like 700 penalties in Traverse City. He did. It was yes. insane. Because he's just a large, large man. Who was just doing large man things. Yeah. He was just doing large man things. He goes, I don't know the language, so I don't have to apologize. Like <laughs> That's a really funny quote. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, oh, man. I'm going with Damon Taperson. Well, I'm trying to think of, like, who is going to fight. Like, that's the thing that I'm, like, trying to think. Because, like, obviously, like, you're going to rack up. Like, could it be Adam Fantilli? I don't know. I don't think it will be. His sweet little face. Well, because you also, like, have to keep in mind, too, like, is are people going to be able to draw penalties on him easier because, like, he's a rookie and, like, they're going to, like, know how to expose that. Um I, But I don't think so. I mean, the guy's not. But if that's also the case, too, I think – Boone might take a lot of penalty minutes because he's going to go after people or go after people that go after Adam. No, I think that that's fair too. I mean, like Boone is up, like Boone is a candidate for me for that. I actually, let's look, I don't, first of all, again, I think it is cruel and unusual punishment. I honestly need to sit down and I just frankly need to just like study 
the Blue Jackets new app because I still don't know where to find anything. And that's not their fault. I just haven't taken a look at anything. And then the NHL also changed their app. So I'm really fighting fighting a, a, a bad fight. Like, there's no winning here for me. Okay, let's look. So do we have penalty minutes? Yeah. So last year, oh, this might have informed me a little bit more too. So last year, Matthew Olivier did lead the team in penalty minutes. He had 81. And second was Sean Crowley with 68. Mm. And then Erica Branson had 57. And Boone Jenner had 51. Marcus Bjork had 42. This team actually really didn't get penalized all that much last year, like, as, you, as I'm looking at this. Um, yeah, I'm actually going to – I think I'm going to go Sean Crowley. Okay. I think I'm going to go Sean Crowley. I think Sean Crowley is really going to lead into his big brother energy this year. Like, I just think he's going to be like, I'm allowed to push him around, but you are not. And you know what happens when Sean Crowley's mad. <laughs> good things. <laughs> Laura's like, yeah, really good things. <laughs> For those who didn't hear that, I did just smack him because no, Sean- I do not sexualize the players outwardly. Outwardly. Sean Crowley is hot when he's mad. He is okay. Great, awesome. We just covered that. We feel good. We're good about it. Awesome. Um, okay, so the aggression when she just put down your phone, <laughs> like on the table, is insane. Um, also, we're together. I feel like that was. Oh I yeah, didn't say we're that. at my home. So. I don't think that anybody's surprised to know that though. I feel like they kind of know when we're going to be like together. Yes. Opening night feels like one of those things. And Saturday. And if you're hearing that uh, scratching, it's because Laura won't stop brushing her forearm, even though I keep telling her to stop. <laughs> I would also like to say that this man has been bouncing his leg the whole time, which also makes noise. It sure does. And I have not said a goddamn thing to him about it. Hey, this is, listen, it's the producer brain. It's me, like, knowing what I'm going to have to fix. Um, okay, so the Blue Jackets per Dom Luce Chichen. Okay. I actually don't ever know if I'm saying his right name right exactly. Um are projected to have 74 points this year. Um, and if that's the case, that puts them at – so they have – Dom has the Sharks being the worst team in the league, which is highly possible, followed <laughs> then by the Blackhawks, which would make some sense. Then next would be the Ducks. And then they're giving a lot of respect to Arizona. And the Columbus Blue Jackets. So they have. A, I bet Arizona is going to be decent. So they have us. He has us at twenty eighth. Then twenty ninth. Twenty ninth. But yeah. Um, and the percentage chance of making the playoffs is one percent. Uh, and good for eighth in the Metro. Granted, just one point behind the Flyers there, who are projected to have seventy five points based on Dom's model. Uh, so. Obviously, a lot of things can change throughout the season, but that's kind of what we're looking at, at least for the Jackets right now. Laura, I mean, 74 points, like, make it up however you want, whether it's, you know, 35, and then how many? Four over time. So 35, oh, the math is hard. 39, why'd I do it that way? I should have just made it easier. 30, anyway, around 34 to... 38 wins is roughly where that puts you, depending on how you do it over time, whatever mm-hmm. have you. So how does that feel? Does that feel, does that number feel low? To me, yes. Yeah, it feels low to me as well. I don't know that they're going to be a, I, we've talked about this and I think that we're not even that far off. Like, I don't know that they're going to make the playoffs this year. And I don't think that that's a terrible thing, but I think that they're going to be a lot more competitive than last in the Metro. 
Yeah. Ideally for me, we would be fifth. So just outside the wild card spot. Well, fifth could be a wild card spot, depending on how the Atlantic shapes out. Although I think that given the fact that you've got the Maple Leafs, Bruins, Panthers, and Lightning, plus you've got teams like the Senators and the Sabres who are getting better. I I think that there could be five Atlantic teams. Like I honestly don't know that we're going to have a wild card team out of the Metro, depending on how that goes. Mm. Um. Well, let's play that game then. How do you think the Metro goes? Us is fifth. Good work. Filling in the rest from there. Oh. <laughs> I now have to remember who is in the Metro. You can look at Dom's model if you need to. Thank you. You're so welcome. I'm a giver. Um, yeah. Okay. So first, so Dom has it, Carolina, New Jersey, the Rangers, the Penguins, the Islanders, the Capitals, the Flyers, and us. Okay. So I think I agree with Carolina being first mm-hmm. because I think that they're pissed about last year and they've made some moves and they're ready to like bring it. Um, let's see. New Jersey at second. That makes sense. Um, I don't know that the Rangers are going to be third. Third. I think that I would maybe no, I'll keep the Rangers at third. What I'm gonna do is move the Islanders up. And I'm gonna put so put the Islanders at fourth. And you said us at five. Uh, us at five. And then the Penguins, the Capitals, and then the Flyers. All right, so my because the the Penguins did not do well <laughs> in their first game. No, they that sucks. They needed to play a lot better than that. But I, I don't know. I think I'm probably being a little bit of a homer by saying this. And wow, is he going to be more of a homer than me? No, you do have him higher than me. It's just like me speaking. So like, I feel like when I am like saying that we're going to be in a place, like so I feel like that we're like be raised, seventh in the Metro. I think sixth. Oh, okay. Like, right. Like, that feels like for me, like, kind of homery for me. Okay. Doesn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Um, okay. So I would say Carolina, New Jersey is fine. I, there's a part of me that actually thinks, I don't know. I think the Rangers are going to be third, but I think it's closer than it looks. And then I would say, I actually think that the Penguins are going to be in fourth. I think the Islanders are going to be in fifth. I think we'll be in sixth. I, like, don't think that people are ready for it, but I think they're going to be that. I mean, I know that they sent their B team for that preseason game here. Well, their B team with Alexander Ovechkin. But honestly, and I know that he's a fantastic player and he's had a great career, but, like, nothing bothers me more than the fact that Alexander Ovechkin just stands in a place the whole time and then has people like send him the puck like he doesn't do anything else welcome to being the greatest and you know i'm all for like him breaking records and stuff but i just think that's frustrating but and when you're like really riding on the skill of sunny milano that also like well fair doesn't bode well for your success, but Alexander Ovechkin can still meet his goals and them still be terrible. Like this is again another 
to Thanksgiving True. True. Yes. Wow. A big moment. Big this moment. This is for future reference after we finish this conversation. These oh. are the projections. Good to know. Good to what? <laughs> yeah. Huh. Anyway. Um, <laughs> someone's cracked out somewhere. Um, okay. So then I guess like the biggest projection of them all, Jackets don't make the playoffs. You have already said it once. I know, so like I have if, said if, it. if like the band-aid like feels scary to pull off now, you have already pulled it off. Yes, because I'm gonna keep my expectations because I it will hurt less if I keep my expectations at that they it will be close, but not this year. Fair. Next year, absolutely. I respect it. Yeah. I respect it. And if we if I'm proven wrong, even better. Even better. If we have Pretty our wrong in like the way that like they make it right now, in the way that yeah. they like totally fucking shut the bed. No, okay, this great. is like we make it, and this is like our Cinderella story. Oh my God, I would be overwhelmed by that to be honest. Yeah, no, I'm of the same thought, but let's let's keep it more simple. Mm. Opening night victory. Yes, I think so too. Uh, I've got money on it, so here's something. I got a single game parlay. Adam Fantilli scores anytime. Blue Jackets beat the Flyers. Do I get to benefit from any of these potential winnings? No. A high five, a dipping dot. They don't have dipping dots Ew, at the arena. I don't like dipping. Do you not? No, I love dipping dots. Um, I meant to say Timbits, but dipping dot was what came out. It's like the donut version of a Tim of a dipping dot, kind of. Thank you for that idea. Yeah, you're welcome. Anytime. Yeah. To be fair, my winnings would be just about enough to cover a, di- a fucking Timbit in the arena. Like, so let's like tell the truth. <laughs> like, we're not talking like I bet. Two grand on this to happen tonight. And I'm going to be a millionaire by the end of it. Like, we're talking chump change. But all right, Laura. Well, speaking of opening night, you're the one that just pulled this up five minutes ago. The jacket shared uh, their projected lines, which I'm liking the graphic. Mm-hmm. I'm liking. I'm liking kind of what they're doing here. This whole like shoulder to shoulder, arm and arm thing up there at the top. This is like kind of dope. I kind of like this. Um, they're using the third jersey icon behind it which is interesting because obviously tonight is not a third jersey night but um okay so uh, okay um (laughs) jeremy has a lot of feelings about like if you want to get somebody going though i guess putting cole cylinder with fucking patrick lyon johnny goudreau is a way to try to do it right yeah um but then of course then uh that second line is alexander texier centered by boone jenner with bemstrom on the opposite wing that third line, I think, is going to be a lot of fun, which is Marchenko, Fantilli, and Danforth. Like, that's the mm-hmm. only reason I'm not devastated about Marchenko moving down because, like, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that's going to. I think that's going to be such a great line for Fantilli. You're not. You're not going to tell him the fourth line. I was go. Uh, oh. You were still talking. I was Sorry. just looking. I just saw you scroll, and <laughs> no, I was like, I was "Wow, fuck the fourth line." <laughs> hey, if there's anybody who's going to say that, it's you because you don't like two out of the three players. Oh, okay. Who we got? Liam Foodie, Jack no. Rosovic. Liam Foodie scratched. Oh, did they put Kent? Nope. Oh. Liam Foody and Kent Johnson to scratch. It's Eric Robinson, Sean Corrale, and uh, Jack Rosovic. Interesting. Eric Robinson was the other player that yeah. I said you're not a huge fan of. Yeah. Um, so that'll be the fourth line. I have thoughts about Ken Johnson being scratched, but we can get there. Um, projected lines uh, for the defense, uh, Orensky and Peak on that first line, which doesn't super surprise me just because I think that well, you're when trying Zach to break up the scoring. Yeah, when Zach was healthy last year, they played together. Yep. Um, Ivan Provorov and Damon Severson. 
your second pair, and then Jake Bean and Eric Branson. So Adam Boquist, the one man out there. Rumors that he's on the trade market, though. Well, was it Cervalli? Yeah, Cervalli. Boquist, Cervalli, Boquist, Bean, and Peak are all being considered. I think Peak to the lesser extent is what I got from his tweet. Yeah, even though he'd get the better. I don't think so. I think, I think Adam Boquist would, because Adam Boquist to me has more upside, and he's a scoring, like he's an offensive defenseman, and I feel like people always kind of like have a bias toward offensive defensemen. Well, Blue Jackets people have. No, around the league, if you think about like who's winning the Norris, which is for the best defenseman, it's usually whatever defenseman has the most points, which is like not, to me at least, characteristic of the best defenseman, right? Like, I don't know, but that's the conversation for another day. Uh, and then uh, Elvis Merzlikens and Spencer Martin, obviously, uh, Elvis starting. But, right. yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Ken Johnson is a healthy scratch, more than likely, which if I'm not going to recount it because it was like 700 fucking words. Like, it was a lot. But uh, Pascal Vincent had a lot to say about him potentially being scratched tonight. Uh, and, frankly, I mean, like, I think the reality is, is, like, there are a couple of players that had a better camp than him, and I think that they're getting rewarded. And I think it's like a wait in the wings until we get this figured out situation. But yeah, I also think that maturity probably plays into this a little bit as well. Um, that has been something I've always noted about Kent, Kent Johnson is that like I feel like he feel I feel like he perceives himself like bigger and better than he actually is right now. Do I think that he has the potential to reach how he feels about himself? Yes. But there were definitely people that had better camps than him. And I don't think with this being his like fully second year in the NHL, like I do not have a problem with having him watch even the first couple of games. And, and I know everyone's freaking out because, you know, there are people who are like, oh my God, what is this organization doing? Keeping the, the second biggest star out of like, Yes, Kent is going to be more than likely an incredible talent in the NHL, mm-hmm. but he's also super young. He's had smoke blown up his ass like for a long time. And if he needs to sit out to get some perspective and to understand like his privilege in this situation and to like learn from other people, that is not a punishment. That is to help him and to do that is having his best interest in mind, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You got some Ken Johnson feelings, I think. There's just something about him. Yeah, you've got Ken Johnson feelings. That I, feel I get because from what we do for a living. Yeah. Like working with students his age and in that, like there's something about him that like, not that I don't think that he can break out of that yeah but like there's i've seen that in so many students that i've worked with in the past his quietness can read as cockiness yes and like eric yeah i but and obviously like again like you're i don't know kent johnson personally we're we're getting that from a glimpse right yeah but, but that's just from my perspective and like and i think that may read the same way to like coaches and stuff it could and so but that's part of maturing and growing in the game and so I think because what he's twenty, yeah, just barely. Yeah. So, um. So because I think he's older than Cole Sillinger. 
Yeah, I think that that's true. So I don't think Cole's turned 20 yet. No, I think he turns 20 in like November. December. Yeah. So, and that's all part of it. So everyone who's freaking. No, he has to be 20 by now. He would have started as an 18 year old in his first season. Second season would have been 19, 20. He would have. Yeah, this is his third season. Yeah, but he was 18 at the start of his first season. Can you just he... look up his yeah, birthday while I finish talking? Um, but yeah, so everyone who has a lot of feelings about him not starting, I don't think it is as big of a deal as you think it is. Like, he may even get back until, depending on how things go tonight, he may even be back in the lineup on Saturday. So like, or on Monday, you know, it's, these things are made typically, the only time it's one of these things is like, you can think about Patrick Line being pulled out of a game, you know, his first couple of games as a blue jacket for his attitude. Like those are very different situations. Like this is for Kent to learn and for Kent to improve on as a player in general. Correct. So stop freaking out. Everything will be fine. It's not like Kent's never going to play hockey again. Um, okay, so here's Laura's bitch boy. Um, so uh, Ken Johnson will turn 21 on October 18th, so in a couple weeks. And then Cole will turn 21 in March or May. So he's already 20. So Cole's 20. Yeah. 20. So, so he's almost, he's like six or seven months older yeah, than about, Cole. Yeah. Um, and so we'll see where this whole thing goes with Kent. We'll see, obviously, if Liam Foody gets in the lineup as well. Um, I don't think anything's going to change all too, too drastically on the injury front from the Blue Jackets' perspective. Um, we did learn that Jordan Dumais is injured, yeah, though. Yeah, that was new. That was news. Um, so we'll see where that goes. I think it'll be similar to, like, when Trey Fix-Wolanski was hurt a couple of years ago. and like, Or maybe that was – yeah, no, it was a couple of years ago. And they, like, held on to him on the NHL roster until um, – which actually is like, I think it occurred. No, I don't know how it works money wise. I was going to say, like, I think I, Jordan Dumay might need surgery because he went and met with a doctor. Maybe. I don't know. Cause I don't know how that works, like, money wise. Like, in terms of, like, if you hold him still, like, is he making NHL money now? Like, if he's, I don't know how that works. Um, that's a good question to ask, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura, is there anything else on your radar for the Blue Jackets as they get ready to storm into opening night? Um, the only thing is, is that not only is today his NHL debut, but it is also Adam Fantilli's 19th birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an incredibly big moment for him. I think for our entire franchise, I think for the fans, like I, you know, while it may not happen right away, I do think like this is going to be a really franchise changing situation with him so i just i think for both of us we're just happy birthday adam and like we hope that tonight is everything that you want it to be and more and if you haven't seen the video that the blue jackets uh, made for him with like his family um wishing him well and like congratulating him like please watch it i cried jeremy was a little bit more cynical but like not okay. <laughs> not because of the video itself. I just would feel so, I would not want to be put on camera like reacting to like for example, when my mom died everybody made me a video. That was super sweet and so nice. Literally if anybody would have tried to record me re- reacting to that video, I would have punched them in the face. Like it just like that's just like I don't know. It feels like it's not exploiting but like a little I don't know. It was cool. It was a great video. I'm glad they like did that for him. It was more so 
recording him react to it that I was like iffy about, but the video itself was amazing. So definitely check it out. But yeah, so watch that video and yeah, I'm just excited for tonight, for all the festivities and do we have tickets already? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So we waited until the very last moment. We don't. Oh, okay. We still don't have, we will be there. Um, come hell or high water, but I'm not worried. Um, so yeah, we will be there and we'll be there on Saturday. So if you see us, please, um, stop us and say hi. Jeremy is going to be finally showing someone other than me his birthday present that I got him. And I'm very excited. Um, he's a little not as excited. I'm again, me being perceived. Not my favorite thing in the world, but it'll be great. It will be great. It'll be lovely. But yeah, I mean, other than that, y'all, it's it's that time. It's that time. And the only way we can fill you in on all the good things that are happening, we're, we'll, trust me and believe me, we will be tweeting all about it uh, tonight, all of that kind of stuff. So you'll definitely want to follow us on all of our socials and all of that kind of stuff. Laura, let the good people know where they can do all of that. Yeah, um, eventually we will return to writing. Um, and <laughs> you can follow Jeremy's writing efforts at, um, on Twitter at ITR Jeremy, and you can follow mine at ITR Laura. And then you can follow the show on social media. We, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Pod. We are on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Subjectively Speaking. Uh, we also have a really lovely website, which is subjectivelyspeaking.com. And if you want to support your two favorite hockey podcasters and get some sweet merch in, uh, in exchange, you can visit our merch store, subjectivelymerch.com. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, um, particularly if you're uh, listening on Apple Podcasts. Scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. And as usual, we do not know how the algorithms work. But we do know that your ratings and your subscriptions and your stars and your comments um, all help to elevate us in the hockey podcast charts and help to bring more people to this wonderful little community of ours. Ones that we, a community that we are feeling very fortunate that we get to um, put our voice, our collective voices out there a little bit more as of recently. So. We are always wanting to bring you along on this um, incredibly fortunate journey of ours. And we just love and appreciate you all so much. That we do. And until we get the chance to talk to you all next time about Blue Jackets games, we'll be talking about what happened. I know. I'm so excited. It'll be so good. We won't have to fish for content. It's going to be lovely. (laughs) But until then, make sure you take care of yourselves. Make sure you take care of one another. Um, And uh, hockey is for everyone. We'll talk to you later. Bye.